Amazon Books, your weekly program about great reads through book talks, trailers, and first chapters. Presented by Mrs. Winningham and Mrs. Kovach. Hi, it's Mrs. Kovach. Today I'll be reading The Face in the Milk Curtain by Caroline Cooney. Chapter one, Janie finished her essay. She never knew what grade she would get in English class. Whenever she joked, her teacher wanted the essay to be serious. Whenever she was serious, he had intended the essay to be lighthearted. It was October. Outdoors throbbed with autumn. She could feel the pulse of the deep blue skies. With every leaf wrenched off its twig, it whirled by the wind. Janie felt a tug. She felt like driving for hours, taking any road at all, just going and going. Actually, Janie was only 15 and had barely started driving lessons. She was having driving fantasies because of dinner last night. Her parents, as always, had taken opposite sides, setting themselves up like a debate team. Her mother and father would argue until some invisible marital timer rang. Then they would come to terms, rushing to meet in the middle. Until last night, her mother had said Janie could become, begin her driving, while her father said she could not. She's just a baby, her father said in his infuriating, affectionate way that fathers have. She's old, said Janie's mother lightly, Practice, practically a woman, a sophomore in high school. I hate when that happens, her father grumbles. I like my little girl to say little. I'm against all this growing up. He wound some of Janie's hair around his wrist. Janie had fabulous hair, a wild, chaotic mane of red curls glinted with gold. People always commented on it. As her best friend, Sarah Charlotte, said, Janie has that serious hair. I guess you've grown up anyway, Janie, said her father reluctantly. Even with all the bricks I put on your head to keep you little. Okay, I give in. You can drive. In English, Janie smiled to herself. Her father was an accountant in the fall and had time to coach the middle school soccer teams. Today after school, he'd have a practice or a game, but when he came home, they'd go driving. She wrote her name on her essay. She'd gradually changed her name to Jane, but it was dull. So last year, she added a Y, becoming J-A-Y-N-E, which had more personality. To her last name, Johnson, she added a T and later an E to the end, so now it was Jane Johnstone. Her best friend, Sarah Charlotte Sherwood and Odair Odell, had wonderful, tongue-twisting, memorable names. Why, with the last name Johnson, hardly a name at all, more like a page out of the phone book, had, why had her parents chosen Jane? They could have named her Scarlet or Allegra or perhaps Roxanne. Now she took the H out of Johnson and added a second Y to Jane. Jane, double Y, Johnson. It looked like the name you would have if you designed sequent ball gowns for a living or pointed to prizes on television quiz shows. Earth to Janie, said her teacher. She blushed, wondering how many times he had called her. The rest of us are reading our essays out loud, Janie. Would you, we'd like to issue an invitation for you to join us. She blushed so hotly that she had to put her hands over her cheeks. Don't do that, said Pete. You're cute when your face matches your hair. Immediately, the back row of boys went into a barbershop singing, hands on hearts, invisible straw hats flung into the air. Once in love with Janie, they sang. Janie had never had a boyfriend. She'd always been asked to dances, was always with a crowd, but no boy had actually said, I want to be with you. Her teacher told Janie to read her essay out loud. The blush faded. She went white and sick. She hated standing in class, hated hearing her voice alone in the quiet of the room. The bell rang, 
English was a split period. They had lunch in the middle and came back for more class. Never had lunch come at such a wonderful moment. Perhaps she'd write a better essay during the 27 minutes of lunch. Certainly it wasn't going to take Janie long to eat. They had recently discovered that she is lactose intolerant. This was a splashy way of saying she had stomach aches when she drank milk. No more ice cream, no more milk was the medical parental decree. However, peanut butter sandwiches, which she had in her lunch bag, required milk. I'm so sick of fruit juice, Janie thought. I want milk. She had been eating since the school year began with Pete, Adair, and Sarah Charlotte, Jason, and Katrina. She loved all their names. Her last year's daydream before a driver's license absorbed all daydream time had been about her own future. She couldn't picture her husband to be, but she could see her children perfectly. Two beautiful little girls, and she would name them Denim and Lace. She used to think about Denim and Lace all the time. Shopping at the mall with Sarah Charlotte, she'd go into all the shoe stores to play with the tiny little sneakers for newborns and think of all the pretty clothes one day she would buy for Denim and Lace. Now she knew those names were nauseating, and if she did have daughters named Den Denim and Lace, there'd probably be a divorce and her husband would get custody on grounds that anybody who chose those names would be unfit to be a parent. She'd have to name them something more sensible, like Emily and Margaret. Peter, Adair, Charlotte, Jason, Katrina, and Janie went in a mob down the wide stairs, through the wide halls, and into a far too small cafeteria. The kids complained about the architecture of the school, all the space dedicated to the passing periods, and hardly any to lunch, but they loved being crammed in, filching each other's potato chips, telling secrets they wanted everyone to overhear, passing notes to be snatched up by boys you hope would snatch them up, and sending the people on the outside of the crush to get you a second milk. Everybody but Janie Johnson got milk. Cardboard carton so small you need at least three, but the lunch lady would never let you. Janie was envious. Those luckies are swiggling down the nice thick white milk, she thought, and I'm stuck with cranberry juice. Okay, said Sarah Charlotte. Sarah Charlotte would not bother you if you tried to abbreviate her name. Last year, she had reached a standoff with a teacher who insisted on calling her Sarah. Sarah Charlotte glared at him silently for two months until he began calling her Miss Sherwood, which let them both win. Okay. Who's been kidnapped this time, said Sarah Charlotte wearily, as if jaded with the vast number of kidnappings in the world. Sarah Charlotte patted her white blonde hair, which was as neat as it if she had cut it out of a magazine and pasted it on her head. Janie, whose mass of hair was never this same two minutes in a row and whose face could be difficult to find beneath the red tangles, never figured out how Sarah Charlotte kept her hair so neat. I have approximately... 500,000 fewer hairs than you do, said Sarah Charlotte, explaining it once to her. Everybody turned the milk cartons over to see who had been kidnapped. The local dairy put pictures of stolen children on the back of the carton. Every few weeks, there was a new child. I don't know how you're supposed to recognize somebody who's three years old when she got taken from a shopping center in New Jersey. That was nearly a dozen years ago, said Adair. It's ridiculous. Adair was as sleek and smooth as her name. Even her dark hair matched. Janie sipped juice from her cardboard packet and pretended it was milk. Across the cafeteria, Reeve waved. Reeve lived next door. He was a senior, and Reeve never did homework. If his life ambition was to get into the Guinness Book of World Records, and the only thing he had to do was the honor of never did his homework once, but still got the occasional B-plus listing. Reeve had gotten the occasional B+, plus, but he'd also gotten a lot of Ds and Fs. News came from the academic office that unless Reeve shaped up, he would not even graduate with his class. His two older sisters 
and one older brother had gone to spectacular colleges like Cornell and Princeton and Stanford. They were mortified by Reeve's failures and came home weakened to tell him so. Reeve had ceased to speak to his entire family. In fact, he stomped away and had supper at Janie so often that Janie's mother had said last night, I'm thinking of charging your parents a meal fee. Reeve did not laugh. In a strangled voice, he simply said, I'm sorry, I won't come again. Janie's father punched him the way if it had been Janie, he would have hugged. Jabbing Reeve in the gut, his father said, meals here, beds there, Reeve, someday we'll collect our debt. Yeah, when I'm a plumber, said Reeve gloomily, you'll let me clean your drains. Now, Reeve, just start studying, pull those grades up. Her father broke off right, he said, punching Reeve again. In this house, we won't discuss it here. Have a brownie and some ice cream. It was such a trespass on Reeve that everybody knew the details. Whatever Reeve kept secret, his mother told Janie's mother anyway. Reeve felt cramped by the intimacy of his life, and he'd always lived in town, always gone to this school. I want to live in the city, he said last night, and be anonymous. Ruefully, Janie thought her name would give her a pretty good start if she wanted to be anonymous. Sarah Charlotte was hoping Reeve would ask Janie out. Sarah Charlotte was not interested in getting her driver's license. She was interested in having a steady boyfriend who had to be tall, handsome, muscular, smart, courteous, and rich. Reeve was all but one. And if Reeve doesn't ask you out, said Sarah Charlotte Theory, maybe his friends will. Janie did not think the boy next to her ever came through in real life, nor would any of Reeve's friends ask her out. Last year's seniors had dated lots of younger girls, and this year's seniors seemed annoyed that they had to be in the same building. And Janie felt younger than her age. She'd grown later and grown less. While Adair and Sarah Charlotte were busy becoming sophisticated, Janie remained small. Her mother said she was cute, and Janie loathed the word. Cute was for toddlers and kittens. Boys didn't date cute little girls. They dated streamlined, impressive women like Sarah Charlotte and Adair. Besides, who would she date? Her parents didn't even let her go to the shopping mall alone. They'd never let her date. Alone with a boy? Ha, huh, not likely. Janie waved back at Reeve, and he turned to his friends. Duty done. If he knew I was really Jane with two Ys, Johnson with an E, she thought, would he do more than wave? She felt curiosity was a heavy thing, like the difference between whole milk and skin. Though the cafeteria windows, the sun gleamed, filling the school with golden shafts in which dust swirled. On her left, so close, he was nearly in her lap. Pete drank his milk in one long swig and crushed the carton in his hands. Boys loved doing that. If they had soda, they stamped the can under their feet and looked proudly at the flat aluminum. My mother says none of them are really kidnapped any house of Pete. She says it's all hype. It took Janie several seconds to realize he was talking about the face in the milk carton. What do you mean, she said. She ate her peanut butter sandwich. Almost anything with peanut butter was excellent. Peanut butter and marshmallow fluff, peanut butter and bananas, but a person needed milk to wash it down. All of it is, said Pete firmly. It's just divorce where one parent gets mad and takes his own kid, but doesn't tell the other parent where they're going. It's never actually a stranger stealing a kid like on television. You mean they weren't really stolen, said Sarah. Charlotte, vastly disappointed. She made several dramatic gestures. There was no room for dramatic gestures in the cafeteria, and people grabbed to save the whipped cream towers of their jello from getting splattered by Sarah Charlotte's hands. Nobody wants a ransom, cried Sarah Charlotte. Nobody's being tortured. If I drink one carton of milk, Janie thought, is my allergy so serious I will die? How boring the obituary would be. Here lays Jane Johnson. I should note and put Jane with two Ys and an, and an E on my stone. Janie shook her head. Pete and Jason immediately complained that they had gotten 
red hair in their face and would Jenny please get a grip on her hair? What do you want me to do, demanded Jane. Wear a hairnet around either that or build an audit an addition to the cafeteria, said Peter. Everybody giggled. Janie shook her hair more vigorously. The boys ducked and threw potato chips at Janie while she reached for Sarah Charlotte's milk and drank it. Perfect meal, peanut butter sandwich, and a glass of milk. Janie set the carton down inside with pleasure. The little girl on the back of the carton stared back at her. It wasn't much of a picture, after all. How good can a picture that is printed on a milk carton be? Are you ready for the algebra test? Jason asked Adair. I was ready till I ate cafeteria food. Do you think you'll let me out of the test if I have food poisoning? The girl on the carton was an ordinary little girl. Hair and tight pigtails, one against each thin cheek, a dress with a narrow white collar. The dress was white with tiny dark polka dots. Something evil and thick settled on Jeannie, blocking her throat, dimming her eyes. Sarah Charlotte, she said. She could hear herself shouting Sarah Charlotte's name, yet her lips were not moving. She was making no sound at all. She reached towards Sarah Charlotte's sleeve, but her hand didn't obey. It laid motionless on top of the carton. It looked like somebody else's hand. She could not imagine herself wearing the shade of nail polish or the silly ring. You drank my milk, accused Sarah Charlotte. It's me on there, Janie whispered. Her head hurt. Was the milk allergy already settling in, or was she going insane? Could you go insane this fast? Surely it took years to lose your mind. She imagined people losing their minds the way you might lose a penny or your car keys accidentally dropping your mind in the cafeteria. On where, said Peter. The girl on the back of the carton, whispered Janie. Her f how flat her voice sounded, as if it was ironed. It's me. She remembered that dress. How the collar itched. Remembered the fabric. It was summer fabric. The wind blew through it. Remembered how those braids swung like red silk against her cheeks. I know you're sick of school, said Sarah Charlotte, but claiming to be kidnapped is going a little too far, Janie. Pete retrieved his Latin milk and tried to shape it back into a carton. He read between the folds. You were stolen 10 years ago from a shopping center in New Jersey, Janie. What are you doing here? Yes, said Adair, giggling. Why aren't you off yelling for the police? Oh, she's just trying to get out of reading her essay, said Jason. No, she's just trying to steal my milk, said Sarah Charlotte. The bell rang. The others hurled their garbage towards the huge plastic lined trash cans by the door and missed. Ducking under the plump arms of the lunch ladies, they raced back to class instead of picking it up. Janie held Sarah Charlotte's empty milk carton and stared at the photograph of the little girl. I was kidnapped, she thought. No one ever really paid close attention to the faces of the missing children on the milk cart, but as Janie Johnson glances at the face of an ordinary little girl with her hair and tight pigtails wearing a dress with a narrow white collar, a three-year-old who's been kidnapped 12 years before from a shopping mall in New Jersey, she felt overcome with shock. She recognized that little girl. It was she. How could this possibly be true? Janie can't believe that her loving parents kidnapped her, but as she begins to piece things together, nothing makes sense and something is terribly wrong. Are Mr. and Mrs. Johnson really her parents? And if not, who is Janie Johnson and what really happened?